10, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Good morning, everyone. You are tuned into another episode of Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And I am Ben Lewis, your host, as I am every Monday. And I hope everyone had a good weekend. I know it is rainy outside. It's a little bit gloomy. But uh, if you are tuned into Ben Talks, I appreciate it. And of course, if you want to donate to Radio Free Brooklyn, because we are a listener supported station and your donations is what's going to keep us being awesome and not have to play silly ads you can do so by going to radiofreebrooklyn.com slash pledge and from there you can donate to us either a one-time donation or you can make a monthly pledge to this station either way we greatly appreciate it and i do want to start off by saying this i hope everyone had a better weekend than chris forrester the offensive line coach for the uh miami dolphins who of course was a video came out of him snorting cocaine off his desk just before going into a meeting ha how sad and it leads me to say this guys stop putting yourself out there trying to get laid because the way the video came out was that he sent it to i believe it was his girlfriend i'm not sure what exactly what kind of kinky games they were into what exactly the conversation was and how it led to a video of him snorting lines off of his work desk But that's what happened. He sends the video to her. She puts the video on Facebook and the video is now out for the public to see. And he has since then resigned. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of bogus apology coming up. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of admission of uh, I am an addict and I need help. And what I did was unacceptable. Something along those lines. But man, what a way to start off your Monday morning. Hmm. 
Glad I'm not that guy. Uh, but uh, I do have a jam-packed show. I'm going to have a couple people call in. I do want to get into a lot of things happened over the weekend and last week. And uh, I am going to have a, a friend of mine. She was on here with me before, Jasmine. She set to call in at the bottom of the hour, about 1130. And uh, we're going to talk. We're going to get into the Cam Newton statements. I know a lot of guys went caveman on me and said, oh, it's not that serious. But it is. Okay, it's not okay what he said. It was not funny. It's not cute. And uh, it's just not cool. And I'm going to get her thoughts on it because she's a woman who, ever since I've known her, has always known about her sports. Um, USA Today said LeVar Ball was the worst sports dad in history. Yeah, I'm definitely going to touch on that. And a moment of silence, please, for Odell Beckham Jr. and his ankle. Ah. <sighs> What a sad, sad, sad Sunday for a Giants fan. It's a very sad Sunday. Um, They're now 0-5 on the year. Odell looks like he's done for the season. They lost Brandon Marshall. They lost Sterling Shepard. They just aren't looking good. And a lot of people are calling for Eli Manning's head. I personally think Jerry Reese needs to go. I think uh, Ben McAdoo needs to go as well. But as far as the Giants season, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than put him in a coffin. That's right. Put the season in a coffin. It's over. It's dead. But I do want to start off with this. So Mike Pence, who uh, for God knows what reason, decided that he's going to go see the 0-4 San Francisco 49ers against the 1-3 Indianapolis Colts. Now, Either he's a fan of either one of those teams or he just likes to watch crappy football because both of those teams are just bad right now. I mean, horrible. The Colts, they weren't very good to begin with, with Andrew Luck, and he was good enough to elevate the team to a level of actually being competitive. But he's out. He should be out for the year, if you ask me. Um, But he's, he's battling his shoulder issues, and so... They got Jacoby Brissett back there playing quarterback. Anyway, both teams look horrible. They're just, they're just not good teams right now. You got an 0-4 team in the Niners and a 1-3 team in the Colts. And Mike Pence decides to go to the game to watch some good old football on Sunday, just like any other American. And, oh, my God, Mike Pence had a little problem with the, with the anthem protest. Oh, my God, they're protesting the anthem. Yeah. As if you didn't know that that was going to happen. Publicity stunt much? So Mike Pence decides, that, hey, I'm going to step, I'm going to leave in this stadium. So he and his wife, they decided to leave the game. And he did what any respectable politician does um, in a situation like that. They run to Twitter. And uh, he went to Twitter and he said that, you know, he wanted the players to, uh, let me pull it up right now. Okay. So here's his exact tweets, because as a good politician, you have to have Twitter and you have to be active on Twitter. So here's Vice President Pence's tweets. While everyone is entitled to their own opinions, I don't think it's too much to ask NFL players to respect the flag and our national anthem. And then he tweets, I stand with POTUS Trump. I stand with our soldiers and I will always stand for our flag 
and our national anthem. I'm not sure what you're trying to get at there, Mr. Pence, but newsflash, there have been protests going on all season long. At least, especially ever since your buddy O'Pow, POTUS Trump, decided that he would come out and use very, very, very fitting language for a president and call the football players sons of bitches for deciding to take a knee. And so you go to this game where the Niners, of all the teams, have had the most players taking a knee. You go to this game, you see them take a knee, and you're just so taken aback and disgusted that you have to leave. Oh, yeah. Good job. Now everyone's going to, now the players are going to say, oh, no. Mike Pence left the game because we were protesting, guys. Let's stop. Look, I'm not sure what that was, what he was trying to get at, what he was trying to insinuate. But I will say this, that that was the ultimate publicity stunt. For no other, there's there's nothing else to call it. It was a publicity stunt. He went to the game with no intention of staying. Again, I don't know how you sit through a game where there's an 0-4 team playing a 1-3 team. Neither team is very good. Neither team is very entertaining to watch. Not sure why you're even at that game of all games outside of, uh, I don't know, being a lifelong fan of either one, which I haven't heard anything about him being a lifelong fan of either team. So I'm not sure what, what he was doing there, but he was just there for the simple fact to cause even more stir up and cause even more controversy to kind of change the narrative because now everyone's talking about gun control. You know, because since the massacre that took place last weekend. Yeah. But it's funny, Mike Pence, you can't take players kneeling for the anthem. But I wish you were as active on Twitter to contempt to condemn the police officers that shot Michael Bruce Peterson in the back in Salt Lake City over this past week. Were you were you were you taken aback by that? Is it too much to ask for police officers around the country to not use their gun to try to subdue, and I use air quotes when I say subdue, is it too much to ask police officers to not use their guns to subdue black people? Is, is, it, is it too much to ask? Or is, is, is it completely justified? And you can say what you want about the video. Oh, he tried to run. Oh, you know, he, he, he's clearly resisting, but... I don't know. I've never been afraid of a man with his back turned. And last I checked, police officers had tasers on them, right? So why not tase the guy? Why not tase the guy? And as an even bigger slap to the face, a video comes out of, of a white person dealing with the police officer who is on the ground to get arrested. He gets up. He goes, F this crap. Gets up, starts walking to his car, opens the door, and then chases the police officer away And nothing happens. He doesn't even get tased. But see, Michael Bruce Peterson, who was crying while he was being arrested and then tried to run. Well, there's only one way to to get a guy who's running away from me. I got to shoot him. Right. Never mind having to be in shape as a police officer. Never mind having to know how to subdue someone without drawing your weapon. Didn't even try to chase the guy. He just pulled out his gun and shot him. 
yeah, the body cams were going to stop all of this. Right. Let's see if there's a conviction there. I doubt it, but we'll see. Uh, and we move on from our illustrious vice president to, and I am being sarcastic, to our not so illustrious president. Uh, ugh, I almost threw up in my mouth saying that. But Trump decided to set foot in Puerto, set foot in Puerto Rico, and uh, he is a guy who has not a damn clue what he's doing. He has no sense of empathy. He has no sense of of sympathy or he doesn't care about anyone whose name is not Donald Trump and it is evident it is evident with what he said when he was out in Puerto Rico I mean first of all we saw the video of him taking the paper towels and shooting it into the crowd as if he was playing basketball or he was on that basketball arcade game at Dave and Buster's trying to win some extra tickets This guy is a TV personality. He is a character. And he is the guy that a lot of you people out there in America voted to become our president. And how's that working out for you? It's not. It's really not working out for you at all. But anyway, he finally goes to to Puerto Rico, who a place that's been ravaged by this hurricane 90% of the island still has no power. A lot of the island still has no drinkable water. He goes there and here's what he has to say to the people of Puerto Rico. I'm going to pull up the video. I'm going to pull up the soundbite right now for you guys. I hate to tell you, Puerto Rico, but you've thrown our budget a little out of whack because we've spent a lot of money on Puerto Rico and that's fine. We've saved a lot of lives. If you look at the... uh, Every death is a horror. But if you look at a real catastrophe like Katrina and you look at the tremendous hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that died and you look at what happened here with really a storm that was just totally overpowering. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. And what is your what is your death count as of this moment? 17, 16, 16 people certified, 16 people versus in the thousands, uh, you can be very proud of all of your people, all of our people working together. 16 versus literally thousands of people. Uh, you can be very proud. Everybody around this table and everybody watching can really be very proud of what's taken place in Puerto Rico. Proud of what's taken place in Puerto Rico? Not having power, not having drinkable water? But no, it's not that bad because you, you only have 16 people. Only 16 people versus thousands. He essentially went there to say, hey, guys, it's not that serious. Cut it out. All right. You guys are crying for me to come visit and begging for the help of the United States. And you only got 16 dead. (laughs) You guys got some nerve. And you guys who voted for him got some nerve, too. The guy has not a damn clue what the hell he's doing. He is using every photo op every appearance in front of a camera to congratulate himself and congratulate the imaginary help that's being sent to all these places that actually need help. And he is just a self-congratulatory out of touch human being. That's what you say. You go to Puerto Rico, you're sitting there with the mayor and, and Puerto Rico's officials and you're telling them, you know, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. Guys, come on. 
Only 16 people died. So what if you don't have power? You don't need power. You don't need drinkable water. The man has no clue. And if you voted for him, you have no clue either. And I was on here last night talking about uh, Tina from the group Mary Mary. And, and she, I don't know, she had some weird justification as to why she voted for him. But, I mean, isn't sympathy part of Christian values? Having love for your fellow man? I mean, how can you possibly justify voting for this guy? He has not a damn clue. He's he's living life as if he's some sort of rock star and he's a celebrity everywhere he goes. He's taking it as an appearance as opposed to taking it as the, a leader of a nation visiting some downtrodden and hurt people. And uh, when it comes to his little act of shooting paper towels into the crowd, just to show you how this guy doesn't have a clue even more. He actually defended when he got a chance. And I'm going to pull that up for you guys, too. So guys, we did clueless. a great job. And we weren't treated fairly by the media because we really did a good job. I mean, one example, they had these beautiful soft towels, very good towels. And I came in and there was a crowd of a lot of people. And they were screaming and they were loving everything. And we were, I was having fun. They were having fun. They said, throw them to me, throw them to me, Mr. Pre-. And so I'm doing some of the... So the next day they said, oh, it was so disrespectful to the people. It was just a made up thing. And also when they had, when I walked in, the cheering was incredible. You were a they, rock star. I saw oh, the crazy. video of it. It, it was, was crazy. Uh, the cheering was, it was deafening. They turned down the sound so that you just heard the announcers, Donald Trump. And I mean, look, the media is fake. In the meantime, I'm here. It's, it's sort of amazing. So I'm here and I sometimes ask myself, how did I ever get here with the horrible, unfair publicity? And I don't mind. Look, if it's fair, if I do something wrong, treat me badly. But when we're doing good, it should be fair. The media is is really the word, I, I think one of the greatest of all terms I've, I've come up with is fake. I guess other people have used it perhaps over the years, but I've never noticed it. Uh, and it's a shame. And they really hurt the country because they take away the spirit of the country. Uh, we're doing so well in so many ways and nobody talks about it. That's Donald Trump defending his actions on throwing paper towels. Or I'm, I should say shooting paper towels. If you saw a video of it, he was he was shooting it as if he was, like I said, playing that arcade game where you have to shoot the basketballs at Dave and Buster's. And all this guy ever says when he gets in front of a camera is how great of a job he's doing. And he mentioned something very funny. He said, if I'm doing anything, if I do anything bad, then treat me bad. Okay. You didn't do anything bad except for call players protesting police brutality and inequality in the country, sons of bitches. You didn't do anything bad except for refer to white supremacists who gathered in to bond in their act of hate very fine people. I mean, you didn't do anything except for not help out, not try to help out Puerto Rico by lifting a Jones Act that would remove any taxation of getting goods to Puerto Rico. You didn't do anything bad. Why, why are we treating Donald Trump so badly? He's done nothing wrong in the past 30 minutes. I assume. The guy has not a damn clue for you to really try to justify 
You're there because the island has no power. They need your help. They're a U.S. territory. And the least you can do, again, this is a layup where anyone who is hated can go there, show face, and gain some sort of approval points. And you can't even do that. This is a layup, a layup. You go there, you hug some people, you kiss some babies, you tell them we're going to do everything in our power to help you guys get back to being a strong nation, a strong territory. We're going to build you guys back up. All that good stuff. I don't know. Give them some lip service. You can't even do that. You can't even do that. How can anyone really justify voting for this man? Oh, my God. And ah, it seems like he's all I talk about the last couple of weeks. And I really wanted to stay away from talking about him. But it's to a point. You got to say something. You got any sort of platform. You got to say something about this guy who is absolutely clueless. Oh, my gosh. He's there worrying about the crowd chanting his name, feeling like a rock star. Man, Obama would have been impeached by now. He wouldn't even made it through his first hundred days. Remember when the biggest worry that people had about Barack Obama was his tan colored suit? Remember when that's what we were worried about? That's what we were looking at our president. That's what we had to criticize. Oh, why is he wearing a tan-colored suit? That was the biggest of our worries. My, 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 how times have changed. Mm. Now there's a guy in office who doesn't have a clue, doesn't care about anybody, barely, barely understands the concept of being president. It seems like the only thing that he gets from all this, the only thing that he understands is that he gets to sign off on bills that's about it. Absolute layups, and this guy's missing. Oh, but then again, of course he's missing a layup because he's a <laughs> he's a long range shooter, right? Give him some paper towels, he'll let it rip. Oh my gosh, ah, oh, Donald Trump. Mm. How do we get here? How did we get here? Anyway, um, in a few minutes. I'm going to have a good friend of mine. She's going to call in. Um, We're going to talk about the Cam Newton situation. And um, in case you didn't hear it, I'll bring you guys up to speed on what was said. So Cam Newton had an exchange with a reporter, a sports reporter, who was in a room full of other sports reporters. So he knew that she was a sports reporter in a press conference that he does every week with sports reporters. And they ask him questions about sports because they're sports reporters and they should know their sports and everything that has to do with the sport that they are covering. I did that on purpose. I promise you guys. So here was Cam Newton's exchange with this female sports reporter. A lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like it's funny, but it's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Yeah, 
Maybe if you were in a supermarket and a random woman walked up to you and said, hey, I noticed Devin Funches is running his routes better. Then maybe, maybe when there aren't any cameras around, you can laugh in her face and say, it's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Or maybe if you were, I don't know, at the barbershop and a guy brought his girlfriend in and you were sitting there and she said, hey, I noticed that Christian McCaffrey is running his routes a lot better. Have you guys been working on that? Then maybe it's funny. Maybe it's strange. But in a room full of sports reporters, in a press conference that you do every week with sports reporters, sports reporters should know about the sport that they're covering. Male, female. If you could train a parrot to ask some sports questions, then that too and I don't get how at 28 years old, six years in the National Football League, you're the face of a franchise, even if you really think this way, which is another issue in itself, even if you feel this way, you're going to voice it on camera and think that the world is just going to say, oh, it was funny. Well, a lot of people did say, I didn't find anything wrong with it. And then you brought up the fact that Donald Trump said that it's okay to grab women by the pussy. And you know what? That was sexist too. And that was not okay. And then you brought up the fact that, well, she had some racist tweets some five years ago, and that was not okay. And that did not lead to this exchange between her and Cam Newton. And I'm sure Cam Newton had no idea who this reporter even was. But again, you're in a room full of sports reporters. And I'm sure he had no idea that she had those racist tweets some years ago. And I don't care about the apology that she put out. But this is not my outrage in particular is not about her and her specifically. It's just about how women in sports are treated in general or women in the workplace are treated in general. And all you guys who say, oh, well, this is funny. It is funny to hear a woman talk about sports. Yeah, you guys are the same ones that think it's okay to call a woman sweetheart. That's not your lady. You're the same ones that think it's okay to mansplain to women every chance you get. What if your wife came to you or or you're talking about cooking food and a woman says to you, it's funny to hear a man talk about cooking. It's funny to hear a man talking about raising children. It's funny to hear a man talking about taking care of babies. It's funny to hear a man talk about keeping a family it would be outrage you'd be like excuse you but no 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 it's funny to hear a woman a sports reporter who's been covering football it's funny to hear her talk about routes really and again it's not that she walked up to him in a bar or a supermarket or any random place like that it's a room full of sports reporters. Now, he did issue an apology since then, and I'm going to play that for you guys. You let me know what you think. After careful thought, I understand that my word choice was extremely degrading and disrespectful uh, to women. And to be honest, that was not my intentions. And if you are a person who took offense to what I said, I sincerely apologize to you. 
uh, I'm a man who tries to be a positive role model in my community and tries to use my platform to inspire others. And I own, I, I take ownership to everything that comes with that. And what I did was extremely unacceptable. Um, I'm a father to two beautiful daughters. And at their age, I try to instill in them that they can do and be anything that they want to be. Uh, and the fact that during this whole process, I've already lost sponsors and countless fans. I realized that the joke is really on me. And I've learned a valuable lesson from this. And to the, the, the young people who see this, I hope that you learn something from this as well. Um, don't be like me, be better than me. And to the reporters, to the journalists, to the moms, super moms, to the daughters, the sisters, and the women all around the world, I sincerely apologize and hope that you can find the kindness in your heart to forgive me. Thank you. Hello. Hey, Ben. How are you? Ah, uh, Jasmine, right on time. Welcome of to course. Ben. Welcome to Ben Talks, so, ladies and gentlemen. I'm on the line here with. A friend of mine, she's been on the show before. This is Jasmine. Now, Jasmine, I wanted to get your thoughts on these comments. I don't know if you were listening. Did you uh, hear the apology and everything? Yeah, I watched the um, apology video a couple of times in preparation for uh, today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so the, Um, the reason I really wanted to get you on is because, I mean, we know each other a long, long time now. Um, So... Ever since I've known you, you've always been really informed about your sports. I remember us having a lot of conversations about the Lakers um, as as kids. And so you've always known about your sports. What like just talk about some of the reactions you get from guys when, you know, you know, when you when you show them that you're an informed sports fan, you're not just some I like men in tights woman. Right. Um, What's funny is it's mostly surprise. Mm-hmm. And I find that very um, strange in 2017. I actually just had a guy recently that I was um, talking with, and I was breaking down the Giants because the Giants, you know, played the Eagles and they lost, but whatever. And we were, I was talking about coaches and, you know, defenses and things like that, you know, how I do. And he was just really surprised. He said, oh, you're a real fan. Mm-hmm. And my reaction was just like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? <laughs> right, because... You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, because, you know, when when women say she likes football, it's a, a guy's first thought is, oh, well, you know, it's because the guys are in tights and they're big and muscular. Right. And it's just like, that's not... But why does it... My, my thing is, why does it have to be about that? Why can't I just like the sport? Right, exactly. Period. Exactly. Now, in, in terms of his initial like reaction smirking at her laughing at her or whatever what were your thoughts on that how'd you feel about that and let me just say that i am i i am a fan of kim newton i think he's really really talented right he is. but the the one thing that i made note of um that smirk and that laugh made it seem like it was intentional <laughs> yeah exactly it made it seem intentional and i was reading um online yesterday 
or a different reporter asked him about situation and he was saying that it was basically um a joke gone wrong sarcasm trying to give somebody a compliment and i said to myself but if you know you're smirking and laughing in her face how was she supposed to take that as a compliment right uh, yeah I, and I, then and then that whole word female just just irritated me <laughs> now that's something to me the, the like uh just to ask you about that that's something to me that has like I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little surprised at how women find the word female offensive now. And since I've learned that it, it could be offensive and it bothers them, I've tried to take it out of my vocabulary. Um, right. But what? How, why is it that that word is now like an issue? Um, well, I know for me, well, first of all, when it's used, it's usually used in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've found, and I think the negative connotations that come with it, like when a man talk, when a man refers to a woman as a female, it's usually not good. Like I hear a lot of guys complaining, "Oh, these females out here are crazy." Right. It's, it's usually not good. If you're if you're going to say something good, you're going to use the term "woman" nine yeah. times out of ten. Yeah. And so that that was the big thing for me. And then the thing that really really irritated me was that. She asked a legit football question. It's yes. her job to know about these types of things. Being a female has absolutely nothing to do with it. And then he didn't really answer the question. No. He probably didn't know At how to. All. <laughs> At all. But then but then you're a professional athlete and someone I was watching um a clip from ESPN online yesterday mm-hmm. and one of the commentators made a note that you know, he's been dealing with the media for a long time. Female reporters should not surprise him. Right, exactly. He's He's been in the league. This is his sixth year now, going on seven. Um, right. He's been the franchise quarterback since his rookie year, since first coming right. to the league. He does a press conference like this every single week. And so... Exactly. And she's been covering the team for a year now, so he shouldn't be surprised yeah, exactly. to see a woman in the press in the press conference room. Not, but not even if it wasn't her, still, it's 2017. Women are practically in every field, whether it's male-dominated or not. Yes. So I was trying to figure out where he was going. I, I was trying to find, like, I was trying to defend him, but I can't defend this. There's no, I, look, and I, I'm a guy, I play football, like, I know, like, it, it's it's no defending it. There are guys who are like, no. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a joke. And it's just like, it's not like, right. it's not like she was a random girl that walked up to him in the supermarket exactly. and asked him about routes. He's in a room full of sports reporters and they're exactly. asking him questions about his sport. But this issue really brought the caveman out of people. It No, it really did. And I saw <laughs> comments on YouTube and stuff like that. talking about, Oh, you know, Feminism is a problem. Feminism is, is ruining our country. No, he was wrong. This is not even about feminism. This right. is about professionalism in exactly. what you do. He was at his job. Right, exactly. And she was at her job. And there's not a person yeah. there's not a person out there. Like you don't want to be in a in a meeting. So, I don't know, like some people have to give presentations at their job. Could you imagine giving a presentation at your job and your boss says, Oh, it's funny to hear a, a Spanish right. guy talk about right. finances. Exactly. Like it's you're going to be upset. You know, you know what's so funny? That's the equivalent of saying, oh, it's surprising to, to hear a well-spoken black person. Like, I've gotten that. Oh, you're articulate. Right. What type why, of backhanded compliment is that? Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So 
what about um, the apology? Where do you stand on that? I think it was a PR move. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he, he lost his yogurt sponsorship. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He Right, right. But the thing about it is I, I, I thought it was disingenuous and insincere because I feel like he was reading. And I'm like, I study this business. That was a complete PR move. Yeah, of course. But he he had to apologize. Oh yeah, he did. He definitely did. He had to, he didn't he didn't have a choice. He couldn't just uh, brush this under a rug at all. Yeah, which is what he initially tried to do, according to the reporter. Exactly. Now, since since um since this happened between him him and the reporter, now the the racist tweets from her. I, I'm sure you probably I know you did your research. Right. I'm sure you you heard about those. Uh, right. Does this change your opinion at all of, of what happened between Cam Newton and herself? Okay, her racist tweets were bad. Yes, let's acknowledge that first. Mm-hmm. But that's irrelevant to the situation at hand. We're not talking about whether she's a racist or not. That's not the issue on trial here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in terms of this particular situation, that's irrelevant. Um, they both need to apologize, and I believe she came out and apologized. But again, that's not the issue on trial here. So if we're talk, if we're looking at the facts, you know, that's irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's just crazy that this issue really brought the caveman out of people. And guys were like, "There's it nothing is. wrong. There's nothing wrong with what I thought it was funny." Of course you did. So the last couple minutes here. So I'm sure um, in the workplace. In most workplaces, it's a lot. It, the ratio to men and women is like maybe like five right. to one or something like that. So, just talk about in the last couple of minutes here. What is your experience um, in, at your job as far as how men speak to you? Is it like condescending? Is there like mansplaining going on all the time? I have to say, um, so far, I've been pretty okay. There have been like little instances here and there mm-hmm. when I'll catch like a slick comment. Right. But again, you know me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for the most but but again, I'm in a workplace environment. Right. So I still have to keep my composure to a certain extent. Like I'm at work. There's a time and a place for everything and I think Cam, if he didn't learn that before, he definitely needs to learn it now. I don't know how you don't know that twenty eight years old. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, he lived a different kind of life than we live, so I mean I don't know. Uh, again, I my, don't know. I mean, even if you thought that, he shouldn't have said it. Yeah, maybe. that's that's the that's the thing. It's just like if you thought that. I mean, that's an issue within itself. If you feel that way right. um, about a female sports, I'm sorry, a woman sports reporter, um, you know, asking Glad a question, you <laughs> asking you a question <laughs> about sports, but don't vocalize it on camera like exactly. that. Like, come on, dude. I know you know better than that. He got to know better than that. But it was fun to have you have you on here, uh, Jazz. Um, Anytime. Uh, I know, I know it. Uh, thanks a lot, and thanks for your input on the show. Not a problem. Enjoy your rest of the show. All right, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. All right. So that was my buddy Jasmine. Uh, again, a very informed, informed sports fan. She knows her stuff. Huh. All right. Whew, I had a lot to get into today, and it looks like I'll be able to get into all of it. So I do want to remind you before I get into my next topic here that you are tuned into Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Ben Talks. And if you want to support Radio Free Brooklyn in any way, shape or form, you can do so by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. And from there, you can donate one time or you can donate a monthly pledge to the station. And it's going to keep us being awesome 
And it's going to keep us from having to run the same ad 47 times in a row telling you to go buy a certain mattress and do things that make you stop snoring or try to force feed anything else down your throat. And also go check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash Ben Talks where you can visit my soul page. And if you'd like to sponsor me because you think I'm that awesome of a guy, I know a lot of people do, you can do so from there as well. Okay, so USA Today, they decided that they were going to rank sports dads, right? So we all know who LeVar Ball is by this point in time. We all know that he may not be the most popular guy when it comes to the media. We know he says some outrageous things. We know that he has some crazy, crazy opinions, and he has gone toe-to-toe with some people in the media, Stephen A. Smith, Christine Leahy. He's gone toe-to-toe with them. Uh, Jason Whitlock, he's, he's had some words about. But of all things, you can call him outrageous. You can call him crazy. You can call him confident, cocky, whatever word you want to go with. But what I will not call him, what I will not think is okay ever, is to say that he is a bad father. And then to say that he is the worst sports dad in history of sports, just like Tiger Woods' father was the worst sports dad, and his son only went on to win 14 majors. And Venus and Serena, Venus and Serena Williams' dad was a horrible sports dad, and Serena is the greatest athlete of all time. If you're talking about great athletes, she's definitely in the top three. If you wanna, if you wanna rank it, one of the greatest athletes of all time has dominated tennis since she stepped onto the scene and won a tournament. With a baby growing inside of her. There's not a single man on the face of this earth that can do that. But anywho. LeVar Ball being voted the worst sports dad by USA Today. When I watch this guy, I watch this reality show on Facebook every single Sunday when it comes out. And since episode one, he's done nothing but take care of his family in a time where his wife, who had a massive stroke, is, is down right now. She, she's, she's being rehabbed back to health. She's trying to, to regain her strength and regain her vocabulary. He is helping her learn to talk. He's helping her gain her strength back. And it's not taking away from his time with his sons. He's there being a good dad for his sons, being supportive for them, teaching them, coaching them. He coaches an AAU team. He takes care of the family. He does everything around the house. And then he runs his own business that he's trying to create an empire for his three sons. One of which was the second overall pick of the Los Angeles Lakers and is already a millionaire. He has another one in behind at UCLA who's on his way to be a millionaire. And his youngest son, who just drew a bunch of more controversy because he he pulled him out of school and he's going to homeschool him and he's going to train him to be the best basketball player ever. We'll see what happens with that. But this guy's done nothing wrong to warrant this kind of ranking or this kind of title from USA Today. And for you to even see what this man does, like to really get a behind the scenes look. And if you are a guy, someone, man, woman that does not like LeVar Ball, go watch his uh, reality show on Facebook. You're going to feel completely different about him. And even before that, when you hear real stories about the guy, the character he puts on on television 
is just that, a character. Just like everyone else when they get in front of a screen. Just like myself when I get behind this microphone. It is a character. It is not the real you. And the real LeVar Ball is someone who takes care of his family. It's someone who's raising three boys. Three boys to be respectful young men, to be professionals, to be millionaires, and to have an empire for them when he is gone. That's what the man is trying to build. But it has ruffled America's feathers in a way that I have never seen before. And LeVar Ball, quite frankly, got this title because he, just like Tiger Woods' father was, just like Venus and Serena Williams' father was, he is everything America hates. A strong, opinionated black man who is not going to let you take advantage of his kids, who's not going to let you put his kids in bad situations, who is going to take control and make sure that his kids are presented in the best possible light and make sure that they know what it takes to be great, that they know what it takes to work hard, that they understand the values, they understand family, and that they are respectful men and women. LeVar Ball has done nothing wrong since coming to the spotlight. And even his own people, he brings out a shoe. Oh, wow. man, why are you bringing out a shoe? He's, he wants his own brand. He doesn't want his sons to sign with any of these other companies. He wants them to have their own brand, and he's called crazy for that. He pulls his son out of school and says that, you know, he's going to homeschool him. There have been plenty of people who've been homeschooled, and no one's called their parents crazy, i.e. Tim Tebow, Bryce Harper, guys who are homeschooled. Bryce Harper's a superstar now. The guy just came off a torn ACL and smacked a home run in a playoff game. He was homeschooled. Tim Tebow was homeschooled. And that man doesn't have to pay for a single meal in the entire state of Florida. It worked out for them. Nobody called their parents crazy. But LeVar Ball is crazy. No, you see, the way we want our black athletes, we don't glorify the athletes who had both their parents in their life. No, 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 no. We want to glorify the athlete who came from a single-parent household who didn't have a father figure, who comes from a neighborhood where they were selling drugs on every corner and there was murder and crimes happening all around them and they rose above it from living in a one-bedroom hut with their 18 brothers and sisters and they rose from poverty and now they're so appreciative of all the things that they have and it makes them play so hard. Those are the athletes that we glorify. And while there's nothing wrong with coming from the bottom, working your way up, while there's nothing wrong with having a backstory like that, there's nothing wrong with having a tough upbringing and it helping you shape, helping shape you to be the person that you are today. While there's nothing wrong with that, we should be glorifying a lot of these athletes who come from two family, two parent homes, who have their dads in their life, whose dads are strong and opinionated. No, whenever we see that, America wants to destroy it. We want to. We want to make it seem like he's crazy, like he's out of his mind. You've got one son that's a millionaire, second overall draft pick in the NBA, another son that's well on his way. Do you think anything different will happen with this last son? You think this is a guy who doesn't know what he's doing? You think this is a guy who is just looking out for himself? Everything this man does is for his family. 
Is it wrong that he wants to have a brand? He wants to have a company to leave to his kids when he's not here anymore? Or would you rather him be this guy who's not involved in his kid's life, who only showed up because one of the kids made it to the NBA? Is that what we want to see? It kills me that people want to destroy this man and bash this man. And you know what? He's done nothing but tell off other white people who are trying to exploit his sons and trying to make money off of his sons. And he's saying, no, 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 you're not going to make money off my son. My son is going to be able to make money off himself. What's wrong with that? People are saying he's crazy. Why you're 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 jeopardizing Lamelo Ball's, um, you're jeopardizing Lamelo Ball's status. He, he's not going to be able to play his eligibility. He's not going to be able to play. Well, the NCAA makes billions and billions of dollars on the backs of these athletes that they take from these low-income, impoverished homes, single-family homes. They make billions off the backs of these kids. And they tell them that they can't make money for you, off of your name. You can't go be in a commercial because you, you're a basketball player for us. You can't sign a T-shirt and make $20 off of it because you're an athlete. You can't go and get a free sandwich from a diner because you are an NCAA athlete. But we can sign $200 million TV deals and no one bats an eyelash. LeVar Ball sees what's going on and he's saying, well, I'm not going to let these people become rich off the backs of my kids' names and off their talent. I'm going to create something that they can get rich off of themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. We shouldn't be bashing him. And USA Today, worst sports dad ever. That is, that is outrageous. And it is absolutely wrong. But of course... LeVar Ball, like I said, is everything that America hates. A strong, intelligent, opinionated black man who's out taking care of his family and doing everything that he's supposed to do and everything that he needs to do to see to it that his sons are in the best position possible for their adult life and for life after he's gone. So kudos to you, LeVar Ball. I'm a fan. I admire your work. Keep doing what you do. Don't let USA Today or anyone, not that you were going to, but don't let them discourage you from what you're doing. You know how to raise your son. You know what's best for your kids. You know when you push too hard, and you know when you need to dial it back. And your sons seem to be just fine with that, and they got all types of praises for him. So USA Today and everyone else, you got to get off his back. Because he's not the worst sports dad ever. He's not the worst dad at anything. He's a dad that a lot of athletes growing up, a lot of people out in the world today, wish that they had. And that's my take on that. We've got a few minutes left here. Now, uh, this is for all you Giants fans. It is, it is a sad, sad day. In New York, for all Giants fans, because yesterday, not that the season was going to get any better, but you had some hope going into yesterday. The Chargers were 0-4. 
the Giants were 0-4. You thought, at the very least, we can beat a team that hasn't won a game yet. No. No. You couldn't. You didn't. And on top of that, you lose Sterling Shepard, who's been brittle-boned since he got there. You lose Brandon Marshall, who, I mean, I don't even know how you even noticed that Brandon Marshall got hurt. The guy got nothing left in the tank. Brandon Marshall, you are ready to be a media member. And I said it from the moment he signed. That Brandon Marshall only signed with the Giants because he wanted to keep his job with Inside the NFL, which is recorded in studio at Rockefeller Center. He wanted to be near New York, so he stayed and signed with the Giants despite dropping off from 110 catches in 2014, in 2015 to one to 60 catches in 2016. And now I haven't seen Brandon Marshall do anything except drop passes. But he's gone. Sterling Shepard is gone. And now a lot of you ungrateful Giants fans, your wish has come true. Odell Beckham Jr. is now done for the season. So, all you guys who like to call into the sports talk shows and say, I'm sick of Odell Beckham and they need to get rid of him and I can't watch a Giants game because Odell Beckham is dancing when he scores a touchdown. The same way Travis Kelsey shimmies when he gets a first down. But Travis Kelsey is having fun. Odell Beckham is a diva. Travis Kelsey is passionate. And his teammates just love him. But Odell Beckham is selfish. Hmm. I wonder what the difference between the two is. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, Odell is black. Travis Kelsey, white. There's always a difference between how they talk about the black athlete and how they talk about the white athlete. There's no, there's no, you know, surprise there. So Odell gets billed as this diva. He gets billed as this selfish guy. The same thing they did to Chad Johnson, the man who's never gotten in trouble with the law other than headbutting his ex-wife. And then did the same thing to Terrell Owens, who for whatever reason is a top three receiver in every statistical category, but yet cannot get into the Hall of Fame. And now they're doing it with Odell. But again, like I said, All your wishes are coming true because Odell Beckham is done for the year. And I'm not saying you wanted him to get hurt, but now you get to see the Giants in the form that you wanted without Odell. So have fun with no offensive line. Eli Manning, who has cinder blocks for feet. No running game. Have fun throwing to Travis Rudolph. Have fun throwing to Dwayne Harris. The one thing you do actually have is that, I mean, Evan Ingram, he's a really good tight end. He's going to be really good. But you got to imagine, moving forward, he's going to get a bulk of the attention. I don't see a for, I, I, I don't see a win anywhere on the upcoming schedule for the Giants. And again, I, I would hate to see them go 0-16 because I would not want to live in a town where the team went 0-16 so hopefully they can squeeze out three wins somewhere. Maybe they catch people um, at the end of the at the end of the season 
when people are are winding down, when they could play spoiler and affect people's playoff seating and playoff chances, maybe they'll get some wins then. But as for now, the Giants season is done. It's over. Put them in a coffin. It's done for. There's nothing left. Odell, man, it sucks that he got hurt. It really sucks because he really wanted to get paid. And you could say that that's selfish all you want, but football has created an environment where players have to be selfish. It's not like basketball where your entire contract is guaranteed. And you can say, oh, you could shave $10 million off the top of my contract. $18 million a year is not that bad. You can say that in basketball because you're getting every penny outside of taxes. But in football, $80 million means $30 million. And $30 million, that means $8 million. It's not a sport where you have guaranteed contracts. So at some point, while you are playing, while you are balling out like Odell has been, you have to look out for self. You have to say, hey, I need to get paid. You better take care of me. So, like I said, it's sad that he had to break his foot in what seems to be a meaningless game, and then the team goes on to lose. It was tough to watch him just break down because that's a guy who, just like Travis Kelsey, plays with a lot of passion. He plays with a lot of emotion. That's what drives him to be great. That's what drives him to be the player that he is. And... It sucks. It sucks that he broke his foot yesterday. And I just, man, I wish a speedy recovery to you, Odell. I hope that you'll be back next season. I know the kind of the game they're going to play with Odell. He has one more year left on his deal. They're going to hit him with it. You're coming off an injury. We're not going to re you up. So he's going to have to play on that one-year deal next year. And then they're going to franchise tag him. I'd be very surprised if the Giants did anything else unless they get rid of Jerry Reese and they bring in a general manager who is committed to winning and committed to changing his team around. But that's Ben Talks for this Monday, October 9th. A lot of people might have the day off because of uh, Christopher Columbus. And, um, yeah, a lot of people might have the day off for that. So if you do have the day off, enjoy. Get some rest. Enjoy your extended weekend. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to Ben Talks. It was an absolute pleasure. Until next Monday, folks, I am Ben Lewis. Follow me on Twitter at I am Ben Lewis and on Instagram at I am Ben Lewis and on Facebook at Benjamin Lewis. It's been real. Again, everyone enjoy your day and I'm going to head out. Peace out.